last episode because that's gonna look really weird. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. That's okay. They're not. They're not. Actually, they are back to back episodes. But that's a, that's where we got. Oh no. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call it out in the episode. I bet you can't guess what's different about me this episode. <laughs> I'm gonna call it out. No. I'm totally gonna call no. You're gonna have to pay him to edit it, and then he can edit it or not. I'm gonna say Matthew from the future cut that out. Cut that out, Matthew from the future. That's cool. That sounded so nice. It's right before she gets married. I'm only going to have so many opportunities to do this. (laughs) Podcasts have so much potential because it's more um, auditory. Yeah, we've only been watching videos and reading, like reading for probably about the past 600 Mm -hmm. years, most people. But people have been listening to stories for as long, like 10,000 years or more. Mm -hmm. So Mm. it could be cognitively easier for humans to grasp audio rather than reading. Are we filming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about audiobooks. And how it can Are we increase sponsored by your, Audible? It can increase your spiritual life. It also can Ooh. be a detriment to your spiritual life. Ooh. Yep. Too much noise. People are like, listen to this podcast. Listen to that podcast. There's too many good podcasts. You got to limit yourself. Something your brother taught me, actually. What's the one podcast you should be listening to? In my opinion? <laughs> this is a trick question. Use Mystery 101. <laughs> I actually wouldn't have said that. <laughs> That's okay. We're not paying him enough. No, oh. you're not. We're not paying him at all. <laughs> I mean, inadvertently. Inadvertently. All right. Welcome sure. back to Net Canada Youth Ministry 101. I am your host, Julia, and I'm joined here by... Matthew. And? Jacob. Welcome back, Jacob. Great to have you. <laughs> Great to be back, guys. Back by That's popular fine. demand. Back by popular demand. It's oh. true. Are we going to tell them that we just finished the other episode five minutes ago? <laughs> I think our outfits will tell them. Oh, I never even, we should, I've done that before for a podcast, like brought a change of shirt and stuff. It's like such that's death. what we're doing <laughs> in 20 minutes. No, not 20 minutes, but we're doing that later. <laughs> oh, this is so getting edited. No, no th- we're using this. Oh, awesome. This is a great start. Also, I have so. to do this. Yeah, do it. But me and Julia were both wearing our headphones backwards last <laughs> last episode. So you can go back, re-listen to it, because you need to listen to the content again mm-hmm. and see that our headphones are back. Yeah. She did not want me to say that, but I was going to do it. Because you've got to seize opportunity. To be Humble. human is to be beautifully flawed. <laughs> yes. And I, I mean, we know nothing about the beautiful part, but you do. Oh! <laughs> we just get the flawed part. <laughs> 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 wow, this is like an affirmation sandwich. <laughs> My favorite kind. <laughs> we just get the flawed part. I like that. Today, we're going to be talking about the theme. Sorry, Father, I can't fix your parish. Yes. Jacob's ready to talk about this. <laughs> but before we get into that, mm-hmm. we have a note to our supporters. Yes. Those of you watching who are co-missionaries, who are supporting our mission financially and prayerfully, we mean this from the center of our hearts. Thank you so, so, so much. To those of you who want to become supporters, co-missionaries with NET, please visit us at netcanada.ca to see how you can do that. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Julia. Welcome. And thank you to everyone who supports us. So to, to dive into this topic... Sorry, Father, I can't fix your parish. First thing we're going to talk about is mass attendance, youth ministry. What do you think of this, Jacob? It doesn't just apply to priests. Mm-hmm. Um, so those of you still listening to this podcast, it's still good to listen. But 
it often typically it can be a priest because a priest you know initiates getting a youth minister or at least is, is very integral in that process of the parish if we get youth ministry then it will increase mass attendance i don't disagree with that but what's the timeline we're talking about here mm -hmm. um youth ministry ministry means service so it it just means like youth service we're serving the youth in our parish just like we would serve any other group but we we break people into groups so we can focus um so ministry like primarily especially in youth ministry right now i think of it i have a i have a paradigm shift i don't talk to youth like they know the catholic faith I talk to them like they don't because they don't. Okay. I, I think we need to have this shift of evangelization. It's not about catechizing people anymore. I mean, yes, that's part of it, obviously, mm -hmm. but people don't love God. Catechi what does catechizing matter if people don't love God? Mm -hmm. That's what we're about. I love God. And then I, I, I learn to obey the the laws passed down by him and by him through his church mm -hmm. otherwise it's just a set of rules yeah it's just a set of rules it like like saint paul says what am i if i don't have love I'm a, love i'm a clanging gong i'm a loud symbol like love is everything mm -hmm. um if i'm quoting saint john of the cross correctly at the end of our lives um we will be judged on love alone so so love is everything um and we get there many different ways so if that's the goal of all ministry and in youth ministry and in youth ministry, primarily now I'm having to evangelize youth, like do primary evangelization, like Jesus is God and they got to come to believe in that. And they're all at different points and processes. It's a long time before we reach the source and summit of our faith, which is the mass. The mass is for those who are they're bought in. I'm not saying people can't come into evangelization through the mass but the mass is not merely a prime uh, is not primarily an evangelistic tool mm -hmm. so it's not like come to mass and then come join the parish council yeah. sort of thing mm -hmm. yeah people have had conversions in mass and adoration i've heard them i know people um but that's not the primary purpose of mass so yes i hope mass attendance goes up but we got a long journey before people are there mm -hmm. like people like there's lots of kids in my youth group right now who aren't going to mass. People who are baptized Catholics who call themselves Catholic who aren't going to mass. Um, and, and for somebody who, who knows the commandments of the church, who believes that Jesus speaks directly through the church, who believes that it is him there. Those are like contradictory things and they are contradictory, but there's a lot of things in all of our lives that are contradictory that are, you know, hopefully less and less severe things, but getting online with the Lord. So, um, yeah, I do believe that youth ministry can help mass attendance, but we're talking about like 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Our church has been in decay and declining um, population of people for a long time. Mm -hmm. And we all know that decline can happen faster than growth. Mm -hmm. You know, a tree dies faster than it grows. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is, a, this is a long process. And the youth are just one group of people. It's just one group of people, okay? And in that group... When you do ministry to anyone, when you do evangelization, you are saying, basically, Jesus Christ offers himself to you and has made you for himself. 
are you going to respond back and accept the gift that he offers you? People can say no. Mm -hmm. And like you said in the last episode, saying no and saying yes to the world is a lot more enticing yeah. in terms of like, you know, the dopamine flood. Yeah. And, and, and this is a, a progressive process uh, evangelization in all of our lives. I have committed myself to God. He is the most important relationship in my life. Am I still growing in realizing that to its fullest? Absolutely. Just like a couple who gets married, do they commit themselves to each other and that the other is the most important relationship in their life? Yes. Do they actualize that all the not all the time? Heck no. Not from the people I'm around, they don't. So, and not the sharing that other men do with me who are married. Um, but they work at doing that, you know? So this is like, this is, this is a process, you know, like, like mass is the source and summit. It's like, like the, it's for the people who are bought in. Like that's primarily who it's for. Like, like this is a foretaste of heaven. Mm -hmm. And like, we got a long way to go from people, people nowadays, like youth, people are like, oh, like these people are coming to church. Church is just, they don't even know what's going on. They don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. One of the best things that ever happened to me in my youth group is they, someone, a priest did the mass and then explained everything in the mass. Literally had no clue, but half the stuff going on, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like people, yeah. So we got a long way to go before we get there. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a long way of saying mass attendance. I hope you, Father, like I can't fix your mass attendance, at least on a very quick timeline. Like this is a huge process. Um, so this idea that uh, mass attendance is going to save our parish. I'm not saying everyone has that, but some people like we just need to up mass attendance. Like it's that is a very good measure of the problem, but it's um, the problem it needs to be more specified, specific, specific than that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, let's say I'm a youth minister listening to this. How can I, as a youth minister, encourage, like you were saying, you have people in your youth ministry who aren't going to mass. How can you encourage people to go to mass, like in a loving way? Because eventually we do want people to come to mass, right? And be fired up about it. Just be fired up about it. People want what you have. Like that's what's attractive. That's why people love the lives of the saints. They love beauty in cathedrals. They want something about it. Why do you have art in your home? Something about it speaks to you. So be like people, why do you admire Mother Teresa, Pope John Paul II, or other people in your lives? People are like, well, I can't be like those great saints. No, but you respect and admire people who aren't like them either. Just ordinary people in your life. So be, be that type of person. Like, if you people want what you have, so what do you have that people are gonna want? Like, fight for it, go for it. Like, um, like love the mass. Let it like let God like transform you, and He'll radiate from you, and people will see that. Do a teaching mass if you're a priest, mm -hmm. man. Do a teaching mass for your youth ministry, mm -hmm. or go through the mass. That like not not while actually celebrating the mass. I mean, you could do that too. I've seen that, um, and explain the things and like. Mm -hmm. Why do you love it? You might actually find in this, you might actually find, this is a scary thing. This is how ministry can be God's gift to you, not your gift to ministry. Um, is that when you're doing a lot of this stuff, you'll realize that you don't love it like you ought to. Mm -hmm. You'll realize that you're lacking in your prayer. You're lacking in your love for God. You're lacking in your love for the mass and in your zeal. And in fixing that in your own life, you will become the best equipped you can be to talk to others about it. Because you're now speaking from experience. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is a dime a dozen. I can go on YouTube and find knowledge about anything. A friend of mine said this. Um, 
It was so, so, so good. He said, if the Catholicism holds all truth and we have, and we have lots of videos like that on YouTube and the internet, then why isn't everyone Catholic? They can find all the answers on the internet. Have you ever thought about that? It's like, why isn't everyone Catholic? One, not everyone. Um, obviously, we are more than just knowledge. We are our emotions too. So knowledge is only mm-hmm. part of it. It's an important part. It's, it's mm-hmm. important. Uh, so we're not just knowledge beings, but also because, um, yeah, obviously knowledge isn't the most important thing. So, you know, there's emotions, there's relationships. Um, and we need, and there's, and, and it's just, it's like a cloud of information. We need people to introduce ourselves, not only to that information, but the importance of that information. Um, anyways, be that person for the youth. Don't shove it down. We just, we invite, we always invite. That's what the Lord does. The Lord just invites, invites him. He never stops inviting, no matter how many times I reject him or push his face away. Go away, Jesus. Um, but he's just always inviting. I don't even know why I was going with that. Hmm? What were we talking about? I do. <laughs> okay. Good. I I was thinking of the word invite too, invitation. No. Um, go with them, you know. And as a youth minister, it might even mean going to multiple Sunday masses, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as as someone who is a homebody, I am the most likely to go to a party if my roommates invite me and they go with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah less significantly less likely that I will leave my house and go to a party on my own. Mm. Um, but if I know that people I love are going to be there, then I'm more likely. So even, even with mass, I'm thinking back to, um, a youth mass that I attended, um, that actually had a net team at our parish. Um, what drew me to that specific mass was that my friends were going to be there. Mm -hmm. And along with that, the youth minister. So it's like invite, and, and be a presence and, and go with them as often as you can. Mm-hmm. What, what apostle was brought to Jesus by his brother? Like so many people mm-hmm. are introduced by other people. Like people are like, well, people should just know the truth and go. But it's like, we don't actually live like that. Like mm-hmm. if we think of our own experience, like so much of it is relational or trust. Mm-hmm. There's too much information out there. And we, we, we go to the sources we trust. That's the whole mm-hmm. idea of the subscribe button on YouTube. This, this is now a source I trust, and I want to receive more information from them. Why do I, as a, as a single 26-year-old male, go to mass? Like, statistically, I should not be going to mass. That should be like, that should be like <laughs> so far the other direction from what I'm doing. Um, but I go because I love the Lord, mm-hmm. and I've been evangelized. Like I, I, like, I don't need my friends to go anymore. I go of my own volition. I seek out mass mm-hmm. of my own. Like if there's a weekday mass, I'm figuring out, I'm spending money on gas. I'm getting up early. I'm, why am I doing those things? Because I now have a relationship with Jesus. I am, I do not want in my youth ministry just to get a bunch of people to go to mass who will end up not going later. Of course, we all have choices later on. We can all just, I can decide tomorrow that, ah, to heck with this whole Catholic thing. I could, we all have free will. We all have concupiscence. But for me, it's like, what's going to set people up for success? It's that struggling with like, oh, do I want to be Catholic? Am I really going to give it all to Jesus? Because when I decide to actually give it all to Jesus, and he's going to reveal it to me if I'm really seeking his heart. He's going to reveal all things over time, relationships in my life that will reveal things, all these different things. And I'm going to end up at mass. Like I'll just, I'll just, oh, Jesus, I love you, Jesus. Where do I find your truth? Oh, it's in your church. Oh, and the church says the source and summit is the, the, the mass. Like it just, it builds over time, you know, like I didn't have this love 
for the mass six years ago, you know, and it's ebbed and flowed. Like my experience of mass has been, mm-hmm. has been all over the place. So like it's and it, like inspire wonder in your youth of like mm-hmm. who they are going to receive. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a great video by Louis Giglio mm-hmm. of like, how great is our God? And when I, we show that at net training, mm-hmm. um, when I saw that, that completely, that changed my life, that video, I had heard about, you know, space and, the grandeur of creation, all this kind of stuff. But when I like saw that and just seeing the, the size of the stars and the mass, not not the mass we're talking about, but <laughs> the scale of things. Lowercase m. <laughs> yeah, but I, it would just blew my mind. So like inspire wonder in your youth of being like, you know who you're going to receive? Like this yeah. is the Lord, the God who created the universe, everything. Like, uh, so, good. If, so good. If you, <laughs> if you... <laughs> You can only give what you have. So do you have what you're looking for in these youth? And that's the gift that God gives me in ministry is it challenges me so much. Like, I'll be honest, I had a revelation recently where I was like, I don't really care what most youth are telling me. I'm just, you know, I want to be a youth minister. I want them to follow the right path. I don't really care about what they're telling me. And I was like, wow, that's a lack of love in me. But I just had to admit that and accept that. And now I have to work on it. But that's the honest truth, you know, and that's the gift of ministry. I I think parents probably experience that too. I'm not one, but like from the parents I hear, it's less like, man, being a parent, like, you know, gets me out of myself, less selfish. Those are things I've heard from parents. So I was like, man, you might find in this like pursuit of like, how do I share the love of the mass with other people? You might find like, wow, I don't, even as a priest, I know priests, you might find like, I don't really have a love for this. What the heck? Or a lost, like a lost love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like a lost love. Yeah. So many different Mm -hmm. things. And the Lord is inviting us back in that. Mm -hmm. We should move on. I can just keep talking. (laughs) It's beautiful. Um, The next point I want to get to is like a lack of volunteers. So what are some ways you see as like being effective for clarifying expectations with your youth minister or your your parish priest or whoever of like what is youth ministry going to provide? Because there is a potential for like a youth mass. I've seen it done before where the youth are the ushers. They are altar serving at mass. There's like focused around that. And I thought that was like a really good thing that my parish did growing up. Mm-hmm. But having a youth ministry isn't like all of a sudden you have all these helpers now for the pancake breakfast and <laughs> the CWL bazaar and all these things. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you clarify expectations like that? Again, we are in a process of evangelization. I think most youth, we need to approach them as the first missionaries. It's almost harder than the first missionaries to Canada because, see, before, if you have never heard about the Catholic faith, it's more, the process of evangelization is more like a, um, a lover wooing his beloved, you know, offering that first love. A lot of what the church has to do do now is um, is a lover trying to win back his uh, bitter divorced wife. People think they know what the the church is. You know, they've gone to ca- Catholic school. I do the quotation marks because um, there's some great stuff in Catholic schools, and there's some not so great stuff. Mm-hmm. And we all we know, all know that's true. Um, there's some wonderful people doing great work, great institutions, great administrators, and there's some not so wonderful stuff. That's another podcast. Um, <laughs> but 
people think they know what the Catholic Church has to offer and they say, you know what, I've, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Most people are, I've tasted and seen and decided the Lord's not good. I don't want anything to do with it, you know? Mm -hmm. So most of these youth, not only are they not Catholic and don't really have any idea, but they have a misconception of most things. So we got to start like square one, mm -hmm. okay? And this is going to take a process of evangelization. So maybe a youth mass was great for people who are kind of not really into their faith, but they kind of still believed and were, you know, they're mostly not into it because, for the coolness thing. It's like, okay, it's easy for a youth ministry to get them back into that and get a youth mass going. But that's not what we're talking about here. It Like people aren't Catholic anymore. Like we're talking about, it's, we're in the era of the new evangelization. So like we're talking about like basic stuff, kerygma, Jesus came Jesus made you out of love. He, um, sin has separated us from God. Our decision to say, God, I know what you want, but I don't want anything to do with that. So our own decision has separated us from God. Jesus came 2000 years ago um, so to die so that we might not suffer the consequences of that. No, but choose God and through Jesus be with him eternally. And that sacrifice, the grace from that is present to us now today. Mm -hmm. And now it's up to us to choose that. Like, that's like the basic message. Like, am I selling out to Jesus or am I not? Sorry, I just keep coming back to this because it's like, it's like the volunteer thing is like, that is all solved when people give their life to Jesus. Like when I decide Jesus is number one, it's so, like everything else just falls into place. It's like, it's like when you decide, I don't know, Julia's engaged. If people didn't know that, you're getting married very soon. Congratulations, Austin. He's top notch. Um, <laughs> Mike, are you watching this? <laughs> um, but like, when you decide to get married, I'm obviously hypothetical. Maybe I should stay in my lane here. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but like, when when you decide to get married, it's like when you profess that love to each other and say like, till death do us part everything else figures itself mm -hmm. out. It's like, where are we going to live? We're going to figure that out later. All we know is we're going to do what's best for each other and it's going to work out. It's like, if you ask that before you've given the yes to one another, that could be the breaking point in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, if I don't want to move there, then you don't want to move there. But when you've said no matter what, I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you die, you cheat on me, you leave, you're an absolute People can fill in what that means. Um, like it doesn't, I am not going anywhere. Like when I have that type of commitment with God, it's like, and, and, and focus on the relationship. It's like, I'm as a youth, why wouldn't I volunteer? That's mm -hmm. just part of it. Mm -hmm. Or I'm so much more apt to volunteer. Also a great, this is just a side note, a great way to get volunteers. Don't do pulpit announcements. That's my personal opinion. You ask people individually. Mm -hmm. And you, uh, mm -hmm. the book, good to great people should be reading it. Pastors should be reading it. It's good a bit, great. who's it by Jim Collins. It's anything by it him. is great. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, but it's a secular book, but it's about, it's about the businesses in the United States, the ones that outperformed the market. They were just exceedingly good. And the first thing he talks about is people, 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 another good one. Um, culture code by Daniel Coyle. Amazing book. It's about why some teams outperform even people who are teams of less smart people outperform like the most knowledgeable people in their fields. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, just talking about, it's all about people. Like if you have, if you ask the right volunteers to lead your stuff, 
then things will get going. Like, honestly, now this is what I look for in volunteers. Are you loving and striving to have a personal committed relationship with God? And are you, and are you willing to love and invest in youth? I can teach you everything else you need to know. Hmm. So those are just tips on asking volunteers announcements. Don't do it. Just get together with trusted people that have the same vision, love the Lord, want to see parish and evangelization and bring people to Christ. Mm-hmm. Write down the names of people you want to ask to volunteer and get them on your thing. And because um, service is a gift, like I keep mm-hmm. my faith by giving it away. So mm-hmm. for me, it's not like, yeah, like a service is not optional. Like volunteering in the church is not optional for Jacob. So that's a, that was a wicked side note, but, um, I don't know the volunteer thing. I would just, yeah, it's the same as the mass thing. This is a process. So when people are committed to God, like, of course they're, it's going to more easily volunteer. Why? Because you love God and love what he's doing. And if he's transformed your life, why do you not want to share that? Like, why do people not want to volunteer? Maybe they don't see the difference it makes in their life. Why don't they see the difference? Maybe Jesus hasn't made a difference in their life. Mm. Maybe that's a crazy idea. It's just like, well, well, what do you mean? I've been going to church. Yeah, but has Jesus made a difference in your life? Like, is he, is he savior or not? Because well, yes, he's savior. What has he saved you from? Mm-hmm. Uh, blah, blah, blah. What, what has he saved you from? Mm-hmm. Like, like Jesus in the gospel is saving people all the time. I'm sounding like one of our Protestant brothers and sisters, which is good. They have fire and we need more of that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'll stop. I'm going on a tangent. I think I want to, like, jump off of that and say that, like, if you have everybody's on fire for the faith mm-hmm. and, um, like, it's it seems like a silver bullet where it's just like, everybody's on fire, boom, we're good. And that is that is actually true. That is the silver bullet. If everyone was truly living out their calling— the church would be set ablaze, you know? Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is the silver bullet. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, no, well, no, I was just going to make a pun that silver, silver bullet equals pew, pew, pew. Get it? Pew, pew, pew. Fill the pews. Oh. <laughs> Back to you, Matthew. Pew. <laughs> good pun, good pun. Thank um, you. Yeah, but, like, if everybody is living out their calling, the church will be set ablaze. And then everyone, like, everybody has their own strengths that they bring to the table. And this is how I'm going to segue into the next point because when I wrote the point in, it didn't make so much, it didn't make a lot of sense. So I'm going to make this work somehow. Um, <clears throat> but let's say I theoretically am a parish priest and I have no natural gift for welcoming people, mm-hmm. um, but I do have the ability to like build a team of people. How do you suggest like? If if some if someone in leadership is like lacking in something, how do you build a team that can help like supplement in ways that the parish needs? I am not a pastor. I can't imagine what pastors have to go through. I know they have to make very unpopular decisions at times, hmm. but that is the role of leadership. So I can understand from having been in leadership a bit, but not to that extent. So um, yeah, I, it's very difficult what a lot of pastors have to deal with. Hmm. Very difficult situations. And often everyone blames the leader, right? Whether it's the leader's fault or not. Um, but as a person in leadership, I do, I am responsible for the things that happen under me. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard this great quote by a leader. Uh, he said, um, 
either I've hired the wrong person or I'm not saying something I should be saying to them if I'm angry at somebody. Either way, it's my fault and it's my responsibility. <laughs> um, so, you know, take that to, you know, however it applies. But I would say, who are the people in your parish who love Jesus and are listening and obeying what he wants them to do in their lives? And then while working with the Lord and praying, I'll say this again. Priests should need to be taking their personal prayer time too. Mm -hmm. um, different from the office of readings. Controversial opinion, but I'm, I've talked very extensively and and have relationships with with a lot of priests uh, beyond just them being priests, but like on a on a brother level, and I can say that from experience and talking to them. I would pick those people and build a, a, a team out of it. I know there's some amazing resources from an amazing parish from Divine Renovation, from uh, oh, Revive.com. I think it's a, a resource for parishes. A lot of stuff by Patrick Lencioni is really good, like how to structure, like build mm -hmm. um, a parish and leadership and stuff. But like start surrounding yourself with a team of people who can then build a team of people. And not everyone's good at leadership. Mm. Where's this question going? <laughs> I get lost in my own thoughts, guys. No, like, um, I guess like a follow-up question. Like, what are some resources for finding like natural gifts of people on my team and like charisms? Do we want to explain what charisms are? If anybody's listening doesn't know what that is. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, there's the Clifton Strengths Finder test. Uh, there's some stuff offered by the Table Group, uh, run by Patrick, founded by Patrick Lencioni. Um, there's the uh, charisms gift workshop mm -hmm. by the Catherine of Siena Institute. Um, so that can look at the, the charisms, the way the Holy Spirit is working through your team. Um, so it might show you that where they, they themselves are best to be placed. Kind of to step back for a second as well. I think the whole idea of like team building stuff is really good. But if say I'm an individual who is like, I can do it on my own. I don't need a team. I've found just from personal experience that there's much more gratification with completing something together as a team than on your own. And off, like me as being an independent person, I'm like, I just want to do it. And I know the way I want to do it. And other people aren't necessarily going to fulfill that vision. But when you, when you put the work in to learn how to work in a team, mm -hmm. you're going to accomplish so much more. And when you, your team is fueled by the Holy Spirit and everybody's working out of their strengths, it's crazy. So, yeah. Anyways, keep going. Also, little yeah. note on that. Um, working out of strengths and, and all of these, like Clifton you mentioned, and the special gifts, the inventory. Um, I think sometimes I've heard um, people say, oh, like all these tests, like this is just another test, and we're putting people in boxes. But really, we're taking them out of their box and understanding them, um, specifically with, with the charisms. And I, I do want to learn more about them. Um, there's hospitality, administration, service, those sorts of things that people come alive in in serving the church and, and building up others mm -hmm. um you can like avoid burnout in that exactly so really like you're not always going to do life-giving things but if you can put people um in places where they're living out of those gifts god-given gifts they're going to come to life and and that'll breathe a life into a ministry um and into the parish so it's i i'm all for that i think that's so so good mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. agreed Agreed. Mm -hmm. 
someone can be tired, but if they have a charism of teaching, they're going to poof. You ask them to give a talk, bam, they come to life, even if they're tired. Same thing with, with the other charisms. So mm-hmm. tell I'm very passionate about that. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm, if I'm constantly working out of a, a place of weakness for me, that's going to be instant burnout. Not instant, but like you're going to only be able to work so far, mm-hmm. and then it's just going to be like you're going to hit a wall. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if that's not like the, the magical answer to being like, why do so many youth ministers only last, you know, mm-hmm. so long, mm-hmm. under five years or whatever the stats are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think part of that could be like the need to build a team and like flesh out the gifts. Yeah. A well-balanced team is going to. Yeah, you, t- you like teams, like the, the culture code by Daniel Coyle. I, I hope Daniel's the first name. Coyle is definitely the last name. Mm-hmm. Um is so such a good book like this idea like name me one person who who succeeds on their own you know the fact that you think you're going to be one of those one in a million people is just arrogant like you can't do it like it's extreme language but you just you can't you need other people it's so much better with other people it adds so much more variety you can you can relate to so many more people you can just expand your reach so much more Building a team takes time. It's like, oh, I don't have time for that. It's like, it's yeah. An investment. Yeah, but like you can either have a curve, like you want to go a long distance, you can either have a curve that's like this, or you can have a curve that takes a little bit longer to get going, but holds up, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got to build a team. And if you are not willing to have uncomfortable conversations and make people angry, don't start building. Because building mm-hmm. a team, you got to be like a coach. Sometimes you got to cut people. Sometimes... You and you got to be you got to be the hardest on yourself, keeping yourself in place as a leader, you know, both not allowing yourself to get away with cowardice, but also not allowing yourself to be tyrannical, you know, admitting your faults, saying you're sorry, leading by example. Um, But we got to build teams and surround ourselves. It's like we need to fire more people in parishes. (laughs) It's just my unpopular opinion. Like we're so nice that we nice each other to death. It's like, why don't we come out and say the things that are on the table? It's like, I think you're a jerk and you're controlling this ministry. That is more kind than just this like, you know, passive, everyone's gossiping about it and believes it and is letting it go on and on and on. Like, because we're living, you know, we, we confuse cowardice, which is not a virtue. Niceness is not a virtue. You know, the cardinal virtues, I'm not going to name all of them, but are prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude fortitude is a virtue courage you know i'm not saying be reckless and harmful with your speech but we need to be able to have blunt conversations where we're honest with people honesty can go too far but you know like there's just so many like underperforming parish volunteers or people that aren't like and i hear the gossip i hear the parish politics around it and can we just have honest conversations about this it's like it doesn't matter that, like, we need to be sensitive to this, but it doesn't matter that Marge has been doing this for 10 years. <laughs> what matters is what does God want? And th- he's working through us. So what do we believe is the best decision? And are we going to make mistakes? Heck yeah, we're going to make mistakes. We're human. Um, it's just like, you know, like we have to have uncomfortable conversations with people. Like the church has the most important mission and yet we treat it with the most laxity of any, or man, you go to some organizations, whoo, you know, I'm not saying we be a jerk about it. I'm just saying like,
be courageous. Like Jesus has so many uncomfortable conversations in the gospel. He calls Peter Satan. It's a little offensive. Very direct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think that's, I think that's, um, we covered a lot of ground there. So I'm really happy with what we talked about. Amen. Some riveting conversation. <laughs> um, who, who wants to lead the, the ending prayer? I'll do it. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for our amazing pastors and leaders who shoulder so much weight and burden and are um, often very under-supported and under the, are not offered help very often. Lord, may we be there for them. May those of us also in parish leadership who are helping our pastors and our parish communities on, on parish councils or just as as on fire individuals who want to see movement and change and and growth for the gospel, for your kingdom in your will and in your way. Um, Lord, guide us in where to go. These are complex issues, way more complex than what we've talked about in this podcast. And Lord, we want our youth ministries to be able to bear life in the parish and not be silos, but this is difficult. So we just ask for your guidance and for patience and for surrender and acceptance and all the wonderful things we need, Lord. Um, yeah, we ask for your blessing and for wisdom, Lord. You know our individual situations. Guide us, Lord, in the way we should go. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our co-missionaries for supporting us in the work that we do. Um, we pray for you and we love you. If you are watching this and listening and interested in supporting this ministry in any way you can, check us out at netcanada.ca and be sure to follow us on social media at netcanada. And thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Youth Ministry 101 podcast. We will see you all next time.